guys, Michael here, and I'm back to recap episode six of LEGO Masters on my podcast, Talk Bricks Masters, which is the only LEGO Masters podcast where speed and strength are not requirements. This episode called Need for Speed Super Bridges was a ton of fun, and I can't wait to get into everything just like I get into the weekly LEGO news on my YouTube channel, Talk Bricks. This episode was all about super bridges, so of course we needed a super podcast guest, and we've got an all new guest this time around, which is my friend Kevin. Say hello to everyone on the podcast, Kevin. Hey, Mike. It's glad to be here. Thanks for having me, buddy. Oh, my pleasure. My total pleasure. So Kevin and I also know each other from doing some improv. But Kevin, you know, you've got a big interest in Lego and a decent collection. So tell us, like, what's your connection to Lego? Yeah. So Lego has always been, you know, whenever I was a kid, it was a big part of my life of it was like the big toy, you know, like you'd get the toys, you get like the action figures. But when you got a Lego set, it was like, whoa, this was like something I was going to spend the whole day doing. And I knew I was going to have a blast doing it. Yeah. What would you say your favorite Lego set that you got as a kid or as a present was? Well, I know when I was a kid, I was really into the Bionicles. So I was a big collector as a kid. So the two things I collected were Lego Bionicles and the Tech Deck dudes. Do you, do you remember those toys? I believe I do. They were like these weird like thumbs on skateboards. <laughs> but... I was always glad to get one of those and a Bionicle. Yeah, actually, I collected all of the original few waves of Bionicles. They came in those awesome, like, plastic canister tubes, oh, yeah. which were great. Yeah, I really liked the masks. They all had, like, such unique masks. And I think my favorite was, you probably know the name, it was, like, the white one. Oh, I, if you ask me what the red one was, I can tell you, <laughs> but the white one, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, but now that I'm, you know, kind of grown up a little bit, there was a time where I kind of took, like, a break from Lego. Yeah, in the Lego community, just for the podcast listeners, this is called having a dark age. Uh, yes, yes. My dark age lasted for um, probably about 15 years, I'd say. That's a long dark age. Yeah, it was, and it was very dark. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I got back into them, you know, I the set that really drew me back in was Kylo Ren's, uh, his original ship from the first episode from seven. Force Awakens. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really like the wings that like you could contract the wings down to like change the profile of the ship. I thought that was like awesome. And it's funny, actually, um, kind of inside baseball here. Uh, that set was made off of early concept art. So it actually was very different than the ship from the movie. And they just came out with a new version of that set for the most recent movie, which corrects all those errors. <laughs> well, I might have to add another one to my list then because that sounds cool, too. Exactly. But don't worry, it's a little bit more expensive than the first time you bought it. Okay, well, we'll <laughs> see then. But uh, but uh, after that ship, I started getting into the Lego Batman vehicle sets. Yep. They were just also unique with, you know, each villain just had something that was really cool about their set and something that made it stand out from all the other ones. So I think I got all of those. <laughs> yeah, the Lego Batman movie sets were also a huge favorite of mine. And I actually have a whole display case in my apartment that's dedicated to those sets. Yeah, they're great sets. I think my favorite's probably the Killer Croc. I think it's a is it tailgater. a Jeep? The tailgater. Is it a pickup truck or a, yeah, it's a, a pickup truck. Yeah, yeah. I I really love that Killer Croc has like the the classic like crocodile head for on his on his figure. Yeah, it was such a unique uh, movie with so many fun character designs. And you know, speaking of fun characters, this show is full of fun characters. So let's jump right into the episode. And this was an interesting one because it was a bit of a two-parter. We had one challenge based on speed and another one based on strength. Just from a high level, Kev, like what did you think of the entire episode? You know, I thought it was a really great concept. I think this is the first episode where the competition is really more like merit-based than just like based on appearance. Yeah. I mean, I think it's an interesting nuance to the Lego master requirements. You know, not only do you have to make cool builds, but you really need to be able to do it in a way that is just 
so at that next level, that strength is part of the DNA of your build. Yeah, I thought that was really great because I feel like each episode is kind of focused on a different aspect of Lego building. And to have something that's so like technical about the strength and the speed, I thought it was a great choice. And I also really appreciated that, you know, I, I kind of feel like with some of the previous episodes, winning the actual challenge didn't really provide much of a benefit or a reward. So I really liked that whoever won the speed competition actually got a bonus out of it. I thought that was a great choice. Yeah, no, that was a super interesting just nuance. And I love these like additional game lay-ons that are not just, uh, you know, did you win? Did you lose? And I think to your point, it's interesting how in this competition show, unlike others, a lot of times just winning the challenge may even win you a smaller prize, you know, like you win uh, a trip, you win $5,000, you win something. And it's interesting that this challenge show doesn't have any of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely interesting. Um, and, you know, I, I think that the a lot of the focus on the past episodes has been on the losers because, you know, the winners get a, a small spotlight, but there's so much drama in, you know, the people who's going home each week. So to have like winners in this episode and actually have them rewarded, I think that I, I would like to see them do that more in the future episodes. Yeah, because the winners of the two challenges, you know, to your point, the first one won extra time and the second one won that golden brick. The golden brick is back in play in this episode. And, you know, everybody wants it. That's immunity. Yeah. The golden brick. Wow. Part of me feels like I wish that they would come up with other different power ups. Like maybe it was a it's a golden brick type advantage, but only for the next challenge. Yeah. So it only lasts you one week versus, you know, you could hold on to the golden brick theoretically as long as you need it Um, or something like more time or. Uh, maybe you get to pick another team to give a disadvantage to kind Ooh, of like uh, that's sort of like in the amazing race. They do that where they you can give another team a U-turn, which kind of turns them back and makes them do some sort of extra challenge. Yeah, I was thinking maybe for some like advantages you could win. Maybe there's like a specific style of brick or like a specific color that you get like exclusive rights to use. Or maybe oh. you could like limit that color. Like maybe you make an opponent they can't use the color red in their build at all. I think something like that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, any way to change it up, I think would be fun. And Speaking of changing it up, they really did a lot of that this episode. So let's jump into this first challenge, which was the Lego race car challenge. So this was a classic Pinewood Derby style competition with a large steeped ramp. And the winner was the first person across the finish line and they would win extra time in the challenge. So really, you know, each person, it it turns out, had five more extra minutes. So the first team had a full seven hours for the challenge for the subsequent challenge. And the last team ended up having 25 minutes less. So the stakes were pretty high here. So let's go through each team. Uh, They went through it pretty quickly on the show. They only had 30 minutes to build their race car. But let's talk quickly about each team and the way that they approached this quick 30-minute challenge. First up, we had Mark and Boone. Uh, You know, Mark had actually done a Pinewood Derby in the past, and their car was Green Machine or Lime Time, which I think it ended up being Lime Time. Yeah, I think that's a more fun name. Yes. And their thought process was really around reducing friction, having freewheeling wheels that had no tires. What do you think about that as uh, with how it turned out? Yeah, I mean, we know how it turned out, but I, I think it's really interesting. No other teams thought to remove the tires from the from their builds. Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, one thing to note is the Pinewood Derby cars have plastic tires. They don't have rubber tires. Right. And I think removing the tires makes a lot of sense because, I mean, that smooth plastic is going to glide much, much easier than like the tires add friction. That's what they do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's certainly a, a risk that paid off. Flynn and Richard, you know, they had the rolling coaster and it was a very interesting looking car because it used all those roller coaster tracks. But it was also pretty large and bulky. What did you think about their design? Yeah, I don't know what they were going for here, because (laughs) I think even if you were trying to be 
as aerodynamic as possible, I think you could have picked better parts than the roller coaster parts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like the uh, emergent strategy for Pinewood is literally making like a, as low of a wedge as you can. Yeah, you know, like no, no frills, nothing that looks like an actual car, just like a thin wedge. Mm hmm. Now, it is interesting. They kind of followed the trend that some of the other cars did of trying to be more back heavy to try to get more weight off of the top slope down the ramp, which I think was a good idea. I think that the build on their car just was not working out. Yeah, it was a little bit more aesthetics uh, than the structure. Yeah. Sam and Jessica, you know, had had some experience. Sam was actually a Boy Scout and had won a Pinewood Derby. And Jessica seemed to say, you know, she knew a little bit about the science, but less about how to put that science into practice. She knew that the wheels had to be light and the weight had to be in the back. And it turned out that they had a decent one with their black beauty car. Yeah, this one kind of reminded me of almost like a hearse, you know, with like it was all black and it had so much weight in the back. Yeah, it sort of had that sort of uh, appeal and it kind of was a car that would theme well with their subsequent bridge later on. Yeah, a little bit of a foreshadowing there. Mm hmm. Mel and Jermaine, they had the Rag Racer, and their whole point was to make it aerodynamic with the spoiler. They had this thought to have air go under the car and spoilers creating that downward force. Uh, this one looked a little bit messy to me. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what they were going for. I, I, you know, when they first showed the build, I didn't really think it was going to do very well, but surprisingly, it ended up coming in second. Exactly. Well, another one that I was definitely not sure would do well was Tyler and Amy's Flaming Marshmallow. <laughs> yeah. Marshmallow is uh, Amy's real life car. And part of me feels like if they win this $100,000, Amy better be getting a new car. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It was falling apart. They said uh, some of the hubcaps were left on, but essentially their main goal was just to create this flaming marshmallow design that Tyler said, I thought it looked cool. Yeah. And I mean, it did look pretty cool. Um, I really liked the style of it, but it did not look like it was going to win the race. Yeah. And then finally, Aaron and Christian, the creamsicle sledgehammer, which might be one of my favorite names out of all of them. His goal was focus on getting it to drive straight. And with that, he used eight wheels. Yeah, I don't know about that one. You know, it's kind of interesting. Jamie said that the more wheels kind of is the opposite effect. It's kind of going to start to like wobble a little more. So don't really think it worked out as planned there. Yeah. The one thing I really appreciated about Jamie is that he knows so much about engineering. I feel yeah. like we see it in this part of the challenge and then the subsequent challenge. You know, he said, you know, make sure some of the wheels are tied together so that they don't create any sort of wobble effect. And Part of me wonders, you know, what was Jamie in a previous life? <laughs> yeah. So the final order was number one, Boone and Mark. Number two, Mel and Jermaine. Three, Sam and Jessica. Four, Aaron and Christian. Five, Tyler and Amy. And in last was Flynn and Richard. And so this was a huge advantage for Boone and Mark. They not only got the full seven hours for the next build, but they actually got first dibs at the pieces, which is actually one of the big things that we find in some of these outside of the game interviews that the contestants are saying is, is you want to come up with your concept, but if you have a feeling you're going to need a piece, you almost want to grab those things first. Hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. I never really thought about maybe having the potential to deny pieces from another team also. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like, especially with those roller coaster pieces, there wouldn't even have been enough in that first challenge for every team to make a roller coaster. Yeah, probably because they weren't planning on a lot of people doing that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So now that we've got all of the people's times and who's going to be able to start first, let's jump into the next challenge. This was all about creating a super bridge. It was really about strength and they were trying to push Lego to its limit and add weight to the subsequent bridge until it came crashing down. What do you think about this overall as a challenge? I thought it was a great challenge. You know, I think anybody who's played with Legos as a kid, I think one of the things that you tried to do was build a bridge and to see it 
executed at such a high level is just very impressive. So there were a lot of rules and regulations to this challenge, and this would definitely come into play later on. So let's go through everything. Essentially, there was a canyon six feet between the two different posts, those sort of support pillars that were the black support pillars. And they had to build a bridge that spanned those two posts and actually had a road height that matched those posts. And in this case, like you said, the bottom two was based on how much weight that they could hold that the bridge could support. And the person that would go home would be essentially one of the bottom two weight supporting bridges, but the one that looked the least good, you know, is really right. about aesthetics at the end. I think that was a good choice, too, because, um, you know, just having the merit based, I think that is a good idea. But I mean, it is a TV show and it, you want to make things look nice at the same time. Yeah. If it was just, you know, six ugly bridges, I think that, <laughs> that would sort of defeat the purpose. Yeah. And then again, like we mentioned, the golden brick was back in place. So this had every single contestant really trying to do their best, even more so than normal, because coming in middle of the pack is going to help you just save you for the day. But that golden brick is going to save you for tomorrow. Yeah. And especially now that the teams are starting to get pretty low, you know, you might start guaranteeing your spot in the finale. No, you make a really good point. You know, if you can hold on to that brick for just maybe one or two more challenges, you're pretty much at the end. Yeah. So let's jump into each contestant's build and let's start off with Mark and Boone. They were the first people to get a chance to start and they grabbed a lot of the Technic beams. And for those who don't know, Technic is really one of the elements that helps you to add a lot of strength to your build. There's all sorts of holes and pins to attach things really securely. So this was a huge advantage. Yeah, you know, I didn't really feel like they were focusing much on their build, like during the, the build phase. Like we didn't really get to see it a whole lot until the reveal at the end. Yeah, but we did learn a little bit more about just them as a team. Mark actually works in construction. And so he was able to apply some of that previous experience to create a bridge with multiple layers. He said that there was a road level and then another level that would kind of help to disperse the weight. Yeah, you know, I was kind of surprised to see how many members of the the contestants ha are, you know, in the engineering field. Yeah, I think it's very interesting and it's probably what attracted to the, the show to them in the first place. Yeah. It's just not only do they like Lego or they can make pretty things, but they must have known that some of these structural challenges would come into play and they wanted to get a contestant or two that could really hit that one out of the park. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's move on to Mel and Jermaine then. Their, their build was all about this A-frame design, which were these large red wedges. And Jermaine had actually built a bridge previously, and that bridge could hold 200 pounds. So he felt pretty confident going into the challenge. Yeah, maybe a little too confident um, based on what happens in the end. But, uh, you know, during the entire build phase, he was very confident. But that bridge was not pretty. Yeah, it was very interesting. It sort of had that younger builder look. And what I mean by that is a lot of rainbow brick. You know, they had they have access to any color and any anything they want. I mean, they could have made it a completely pink bridge and just kept it a uniform color, and that would have added a little bit more to the aesthetic. Yeah, and considering they came in second place during the race challenge, they had almost as much time as the first place team. I mean, they, they were at a big advantage. Yeah, they only had five minutes less than Mark and Boone. So yeah, I mean, to your point, he really maybe should have uh, thought about how to use that time most appropriately. The interesting thing is when they were checked in on at the middle point of the challenge, he felt very confident. And he said, you know, from my calculations, I believe that this can hold 600 pounds so you can shine up that golden brick. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like when they get to have fun with each other and they get to kind of play around and, and goof off. Um, that level of confidence maybe came back to bite him a little bit based on, like I said, what happens. But <laughs> yeah. And I think that the thing is, you know, it's OK when they play around with each other. And obviously Mel and Jermaine have 
you know, Mel especially has been at kind of at the center of the of the subtle jabs and jeering each other on, you know, Aaron and Christian and them really got into it last episode. But I don't think you want to be that way with the judges. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's only going to embarrass you if it goes poorly. Yeah. I mean, and and who knows, you know, we're all a little bit emotional. And so, you know, maybe even subconsciously that could have been a, a point against them, you know, when it came to the final judging. Yeah, that's very true. Back on track, we've got Sam and Jessica. Theirs was all about pillars. Jessica seemed to feel confident that she understood what science was coming into play here, but really lacked the ability or the understanding of how to apply that. Their big goal were these large red and black striped beams that acted as a support underneath the bridge. But Jamie had some critical feedback on that. Yeah, I think he called out pretty pretty quickly that those were going to snap right in the middle as soon as any weight got put on that bridge. Yeah, and I think what it comes down to is, you know, how do you lock the bricks together and where is the stress coming from a directional standpoint? If it's going to break along the lines that the bricks are built, then you need to come up with some sort of countermeasure to further secure that. Yeah, and that kind of brings up the learning point that we got in the middle of the episode where, was it about locking? Exactly. Yeah, so the their method was basically just stacking the bricks on top of each other. But, you know, Jamie showed that if you put this, you know, if, if you're able to stack them up and lock them in place with, with bigger pieces on the sides, that would have had way more structural integrity. Yeah, and that's something they could have very simply implemented here. You know, just a little bit of that locking either with, plates like Tyler and Amy did, or even with some of those Technic beams, but maybe Mark and Boone stole them all. That's true. Maybe they did. Yeah. So you kind of have to work with what you're given. On to the next team, we've got Aaron and Christian. And Aaron, you know, comes from an engineering background. He's actually an engineering teacher where he teaches kids how to build kind of simple mechanical and engineering concept builds out of Lego bricks. So, I mean, this should have been a really, really huge advantage. Yeah. You know, before we got to the end, I kind of thought that they would be the ones to win this challenge. Um, you know, based on some of the earlier weeks, the Ferris wheel in week one was, you know, fantastic looking. And I remember the the episode where they had to break, um, you know, they had to do the drop test. Yeah. They, they almost lost because theirs was too strong, like it stuck together too well. So I thought if anyone was going to have structural integrity, it would be it would be these guys. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that he was really applying a lot of this engineering knowledge. They had both an arch style bridge with the lower support any truss style bridge. And for those, you know, who need a reminder, the truss style bridges are the ones that use that triangle construction. And Amy told us in one of the segments before the commercial break that the bigger the triangles, the more strength it could have. So, you know, seemingly they were applying multiple engineering concepts to make this one a real winner. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I I really thought that they'd have it. I thought that they would win. So I was pretty surprised at the results. Yeah. The one thing that I definitely wanted to call out is Again, there's a moving the bridges into place component of the challenge. <laughs> I think it was Aaron who kept saying, check the floor, check the floor. <laughs> yeah, um, it kind of reminds me of last week where Will was sweeping the floor to get rid of those bricks. Or was that two weeks ago? I think it was it might have been last week. But I mean, certainly after the fall they had with the building, I can't imagine yeah. they're going to risk that ever again. Yeah, I mean, if this team has one weakness, it's probably moving the bridges into place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's an interesting kind of component to each challenge. You know, one of the old uh, reality competition shows I used to love was the Food Network Challenge show, yeah. which was a large scale eight hour cake competition, which was kind of like this. They'd have eight hours, one sort of theme. They'd have to build a enormous cake show piece. And one of the components was they had to transfer it from their cooking station to uh, just a table that was like right across the way. But that was often the scariest part of all these episodes. And it sort of makes me wonder if 
someone who came up with this show used to also watch that show. <laughs> yeah, I think they know that it's going to engineer a little drama whenever they have to move it. Exactly. I, I think they probably would hope that there'd be a build breaking every episode. <laughs> probably, yeah. Well, good stuff. As we move on to Flynn and Richard, theirs was the double trust bridge. And this duo had the least amount of time. But I felt like during the build phase, we're off to a real roll. Again, they knew the triangles provided the strength and they had a double set of triangles, those yellow and green ones towards the bottom of the road and the big white ones at the top. Yeah. You know, I kind of felt bad for them as we sat there watching them, you know, just sit in silence for 25 minutes. Like, could you imagine just watching everybody just start building and you just got your head in your hands, you know? Yeah, I think you can think about it from two perspectives. You know, to your point, you have less time. And when it comes to just physically building bricks, especially in a large scale like this one, you need every minute you can get just to push all the pieces together. But yeah. I think the other way you can look at it is I now have 25 minutes to do the design phase. You know, I think, you know, certainly they didn't have their Microsoft Surface tablet with them to be able to actually get started on the design. But part of me feels like this was the perfect chance to start scoping out other teams, seeing if anyone's gotten started and then really feel incredibly confident to just run at those bricks. Yeah, that's very true. And I know we haven't talked much about aesthetic for some of these bridges, but I thought that their bridge was really clean. I really like the green and the yellow on the sides. I thought it gave it a nice little pop of color. Yeah, I mean, I think that this was a very pleasing visually build. You know, I yeah. think when I looked at it, I loved all the symmetry. I loved kind of just how everything was even, just like rows and rows of those Technic beams just was so pleasing. Yeah, oddly satisfying. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. And the interesting thing here is that Richard was really the engineer and Flynn, his focus was on the looks. So maybe good to have that sort of divide and conquer mentality to make sure that both aspects get at least some attention. Yeah, and it does seem like a lot of teams had kind of a similar divide. Yeah, exactly. I think that that probably happened similarly with Tyler and Amy, which is actually our next team. So let's use that as a transition as we look at Tyler and Amy's classic brick arch build. They, you know, they had started with this very complicated, maybe aesthetically pleasing, but structurally not super sound, large scale arch, kind of like the bridges that we're used to seeing in the real world. But they actually had to rethink that mid competition. And we know that when people start over, that can cause issues. Yeah. And, you know, I thought it was really interesting that the initial design they did make with the arch, um, you know, Jamie said that that could have been one of the strongest bridges, but it just wasn't working out for them. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Brickmaster Jamie, with all of his engineering background, didn't actually love the new direction they were going in. So it's kind of surprising that we'll find out how well it worked out. Yeah. You know, the one thing they mentioned is their planners and they didn't have any plan going into a commercial break, at least. It was nice to see that, you know, Tyler, I think, was being very thoughtful. He mm -hmm. knew what he could do and he knew what he couldn't do. And so what his thought was, was let's just build up these plates. We know that if we use plates over bricks, there's going to be a lot of clutch power in there. And then let's try to cover it with some interlocking plates from the outside and use that also as an aesthetic element. So his thought was, how do I maximize kind of a bang for my buck? And I think a lot of other builders should have been thinking along these lines. Yeah. And I mean, before that, it, it was pretty interesting to see Tyler and Amy were a little rattled this week. You know, they've consistently been one of the top teams every week. So to see this new side of them, they're not infallible, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it just goes to show you and probably why they create such variety in the competitions is so that you can't just rely on your ability to make really amazing aesthetic builds. You know, I think Tyler is like a character designer has made some really exceptional builds. Yeah. I think about the movie genre challenge and the super baby. You know, he can make a character especially really, really well. 
and just really very beautiful builds. But when it comes down to this, this would be the challenge to rattle him. So moving on to the judging phase of the competition, they had to move all of the bridges into place and they created one super bridge. We got this, of course, epic computer animation. I love when the studio falls away and we just get to look at the builds themselves. But I will say that the super bridge was no mega city. Yeah, definitely not. But, you know, it is still great when we get these animation moments in these episodes. I'm, I'm always surprised by the great production value on some of the scenes that we get to see in some of the previous episodes with like the minifigures moving around and like interacting. I, I think it's great. Yeah, it's super fun and it brings it all to life. And especially that story element that, you know, outside of this challenge is a really important piece. It's yeah. always just so fun to see those things really come alive. Yeah, it does kind of give a bit of foreshadowing of maybe this one's going to be in the top two if it gets animated, but it's fun though. Totally, totally. So one interesting thing that comes up after we get the fun animation is that Brickmaster Amy brings back up the rules. And, you know, when, you, when somebody starts bringing up the rules before the judging, it's not a good sign. Yeah. So she said, as a reminder... The roadway has to be the same height as the two towers that the bridge spans. And she says, Mel and Germain, yours did not meet this requirement. That was so crazy. That was, there was basically just one rule. That's all you had to do. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's so, it's just mind boggling that there wasn't even some sort of thrown together way they could have put it together. Yeah. We did see Jermaine call it out during the build phase that they were, and they showed a close up of it. They were really two plates shy of the height. So yeah. part of me wonders, I don't know, could they have faked it and just built up a little bit on just each side something. to yeah. make it look like it was the right level? Right. I, I feel like at that point, you just need to stop what you're doing and just make sure that it's level, you know? Well, and I'm not sure that they probably realized that they would end up, uh, you know, spoiler alert, essentially getting immediately sent to the bottom too because of it. Uh, and I, part of me thinks, had they known that that was such a hard rule, which I don't know how they couldn't have known, but they must not have really thought about it that way because had they known, I think they would have, every team would have prioritized that first. Yeah, that's very true. And, you know, we'll find out that maybe it didn't quite matter as much as we're putting stock into it, but yeah. It's a fair point. And I think that that brings us exactly to the next step, which is the stress test. And this is a this was a very dynamic moment. It was a kind of a fun on the edge of our seats moment. But the interesting thing is that for multiple builds, they actually ran out of weights. So they had all those kettlebells and they ran out of them and they ended up having to use a lot of the weights and sandbags that were used for the camera equipment. How yeah. crazy is that? that? They clearly were not anticipating that these builds would be as strong as they were. Yeah, I mean, I think if there's ever a season two, they're going to have to kind of keep all these contingencies in mind. Yeah. So let's jump into the builds and see how everyone did. Aaron and Christian, their build was an arch and truss build. And Christian very hilariously said as his estimate, I don't think it could even hold 200 pounds, a.k.a. he said, I don't think it could hold a me. And so, you know, going into it, he didn't even think he would be able to do that. Yeah, I, they had to get the he had to get his quota in of how much he could bench. Also, I think he mentions 325. Exactly. So as they get up in weight, you know, they get to 325 and he says, no, I've benched 325. And trust me, it's a lot <laughs> trust of weight. me, dude. <laughs> uh, Christian is a real gem uh, in this show. Yeah, he's great. And when it actually got to over 200 pounds, he said, whoa, I guess it can hold a Christian. <laughs> yeah. So ultimately, this one got to 445 pounds. And it was a pretty dynamic break, especially with the way that the trusses kind of collapsed and the whole build, you know, kind of fell out the bottom. But looking at the build just from an aesthetic standpoint, I actually think this one was one of the better ones. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, and with the weight, when, when they got up to, you know, 400, I was pretty shocked. I actually said, 
maybe they should have saved this for last because, you know, it's kind of cutting out the tension if they're already getting this high. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't think that they'd get much higher than this, but I guess those yellow trusses and that arch base, that kind of dual prong approach really took them pretty far. Yeah, but maybe not far enough. Exactly. So as we move on to Sam and Jessica, theirs was the Pillar Bridge. It had a Black Widow color scheme is what Jessica said, and it, it was very striking, you know, with those red and black stripes. But I wouldn't say it's a an obvious aesthetically pleasing bridge. No. And the pillars kind of reminded me of like when you were a kid and you would make like a lightsaber or something. And it was basically just how many bricks you could stack up. I think they could have done a little more with the pillars to make them interesting. Yeah. I mean, and I think that, you know, while those pillars were structurally important, I don't think that they really thought through how those would connect to the larger build. So it didn't really help them too much either. No, no. I mean, once they started putting the weight on it, just like Jamie said, they those pillars just started bending and bending. Yeah. I took a note here. It said the pillars broke just as Jamie said they would. <laughs> yeah. So ultimately, this one actually got to 125 pounds. So currently they're in the bottom. Yeah. As we move on to Tyler and Amy, Tyler didn't seem to have a lot of confidence in this bridge. Theirs was the classic brick bridge, which is pretty hard to Tongue say. twister. And Amy described it as a romantic stone bridge. And I really liked the look of this one. They created a lot of that aesthetic appeal with mossy sections and these really nice butterflies. Yeah, this was my favorite looking bridge. I thought this bridge was great, but I was a little worried about how much weight it could, uh, it could hold. Yeah, they didn't seem to have a lot of the sophisticated techniques like the trussing and technic interlocking that we saw some of the other builders have, but those bricks and plates on the side, which created that stonework look, was meant to kind of lock everything in place. So as we loaded things up, we noticed that there was even a, an initial crack sound, but just turned out to be a sticker on one of the weights. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah, Tyler said that uh, very much so in like a very sweet way, like the teacher's pet of the class, like, um, no, that was actually just a sticker. <laughs> yeah. But I just loved it. And again, more and more weights keep getting piled on. Jermaine said they're not even using any technic. This has to be witchcraft. Yeah, Jermaine was shocked compared to the how confident he was in his build. Yeah. Witchcraft then would be the only thing that could beat him. Yeah, yeah. And and something tells me if witchcraft was involved, uh, so would trussing and all the other <laughs> techniques. So ultimately, this one actually, like I said, stumped them in terms of the weights. They added all the camera weights and it got to one thousand pounds. Half of a ton. Yes. And this was really crazy. And we got a fun, almost behind the scenes look because Will said we can't like in it from a safety perspective, the show could not allow them to add any more weight. Yeah. You know, I do kind of I kind of wonder what is the safety risk with adding more weight? Is it I think it's that when all of those weights fell, that it could fall towards them on them. Maybe they'd break a foot or maybe something could like even that. damage the floor. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, who knows? This studio could just be a rental. <laughs> Very true. But yeah, I mean, maybe it was a foreshadowing of, of fate when Tyler and Amy met on a bridge for the yeah. first time. What a romantic story. We we met on a bridge. <laughs> I mean, part of me wonders, you know, how did this happen? There was not a really, you know, when Harry met Sally kind of yeah. sweet story behind it. It was, was it just that they saw each other on a bridge um, or maybe they were meeting up with mutual friends? You know, like we didn't get any of the rest of the story. Yeah. I like to imagine Tyler was probably building some Lego on the bridge and Amy walked by and thought, what is this guy doing? I just feel like they're so sweet that it would have to be some very wholesome activity. Yeah, they're usually grossing out Will with how sweet they are. Yes, and we definitely got a little bit of that when they got their kiss in. And, you know, if Nathan were back on the podcast, he'd certainly be pointing out how much they like to kiss each other. 
But at least the editors had some fun with that one as the music kind of cut out. <laughs> right. So coming off of 1,000 pounds, the, the physical max that they were even allowing them to test out on the bridge, we move on to the ever-confident Mel and Germain with their A-frame bridge. And they actually had some interesting differences compared to some of the others. But part of me feels like maybe this is why they got so tripped up with the road height requirement. They had wraparound sections around those podiums to actually lock the bridge into place, uh, which I just sort of feel like that wasn't going to be the fail safe. No, it, it was pretty much useless. And in the middle of their bridge, they had basically no support. Like as soon as they started putting on any weight, it immediately just started sinking in in the middle. Yeah, it's interesting. There was two layers. There was the road height layer and then kind of this secondary support layer. And we saw that the weight immediately bent that top layer down to that second support layer. Yeah, and they kind of had something similar to um, the pillars, but their pillars were a little stronger, but they were just so far from the middle, it just wasn't providing any support. Exactly. I think that the way that that arch style bridge gets its kind of power is because it's a continuous arch from side to side. And yeah. to your point, these kind of diagonal struts, as uh, Will was referring to them as, that's just not going to help when all the weights are going on in the middle. Yeah. Something else we haven't mentioned, when they're adding the weight, they have to keep redistributing it, you know, with more weight that gets added. Yeah. And I feel like some bridges benefit a little more from that. And this was not a bridge that benefited from that. Yeah, it was very interesting because, you know, as you had to add it, you either had to add it to the right or left side or redistribute everything so you could add it into the middle, which for Tyler and Amy, I was very surprised that they were able to reposition the kettlebells to the point where they were on the full outside of the bridge as they added those big, heavy brick style weights. So ultimately, this one also got to only 125 pounds which is exactly the same as Sam and Jessica. So to your point earlier, it's interesting to note that, you know, it almost feels like they would have been in the bottom two anyway. Yeah, I don't think that if their bridge had been level, there would have been any more structural integrity. I think it still would have probably ended up in the bottom two. Yeah. As we move on then to Flynn and Richard, theirs was the double truss, and it had that great green and yellow design with those Technic beams right all along the roadway, those white anchors, at the bottom just added a little bit more support. Ultimately, they really felt like this was clean, elegant, and minimal. Yeah, and I thought it looked pretty strong too. You know, with the with the two layers of support, I thought that they'd be able to handle at least 125 pounds. Yeah, I mean, I guess the question becomes the size of the triangles. You know, Amy did make a point earlier in the episode to let us know that the larger the triangles, the more weight, which seems a little counterintuitive because part of me feels like just the mere density of parts has to be helpful. But I guess maybe that's just not how the physics works. Yeah. Yeah. And they had all those little tiny triangles and I guess it just wasn't strong enough. Yeah. So ultimately, theirs only could hold 45 pounds. So this was far and away, you know, lower than Sam and Jessica and Mel and Germain. They really attributed this to being the last to start. What did you think about this? Was there anything else that you felt like they could do to help increment what they were going for? Um, you know, I, I feel like they had, like you said, so much more time to plan because they were just sitting there for 25 minutes. It, it's interesting that they didn't look around and see the other team start doing their builds and maybe try to copy a little bit some of the designs because theirs was pretty unique in the way that it was built, but it didn't work out. Yeah. Part of me wonders, like, if you just don't understand the engineering or maybe in Tyler and Amy's case, you don't luck into it in a really spectacular <laughs> way. Right. Maybe you just there is no way to plan extra. You know, if you don't have even a sense of where to go, that's as far as you can take it. And this really caught Richard off guard and it made him really upset. 
he felt like he was the one in charge of the engineering and that he felt like he let Flynn down. Yeah. And, you know, in some of the past episodes, it's kind of been the opposite dynamic. But yeah, I think you can really see how much these two care about each other. Yeah, I mean, I think it was episode two, probably, that Flynn had that moment where he felt like he was letting Richard down. So, I mean, amazing to see the love between these two and the way that they support each other. Yeah, and having only 45 pounds means that they're getting in the bottom two, and that means that um, Sam and Jessica are out of the bottom two now. Yeah, with Mel and Jermaine already being in the bottom two because of that rule disqualification, this really sets up our bottom two, because you have to assume that Mark and Boo in the last team could support at least over 45 pounds. Yeah, you'd hope so at least. Yes. So Mark and Boone are the last team to go. Theirs was the beam bridge and it had this kind of fun futuristic look. And one of the things that you noted during the show was that it actually had minifigures on it, which felt like a nice change of pace as they also were able to focus on the aesthetic part of the challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, the minifigs on this one and the butterflies on the stone bridge, interesting design choices that don't add anything to the integrity, but just make it look pretty. Yeah, exactly. And I think that it was a nice color scheme. They had a that blue kind of line going across some of the gray details. And it was one of my favorite looking bridges. Yeah, I thought it was very clean. I will say I thought it was just a little too simple for me. Um, you know, I really appreciated the the design of the stone bridge. I thought that was unique because everybody else had done like a cityscape style bridge. So to see like a nature bridge, I thought it looked great. Yeah. And, and interestingly, you know, while Mark and Boone had a minifigure scale bridge, which just seems like what everyone else was going for, Tyler and Amy's build almost seemed like a small bridge in real size. It would just be enough to get you over a little creek. <laughs> right. I think if a minifig had run into one of those butterflies, they'd be pretty terrified. Oh, for sure. So again, you know, Mark and Boone, they had to get past, you know, 45 pounds and they did pretty quickly. And so now it was just about piling on as much as they could, because if they couldn't get up to that thousand pounds, they had no chance at the golden brick. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting that they got to start with the bigger bricks, you know, when they were putting the weight on the bridge. I don't know if that was an advantage or not, but, you know, we saw with Tyler and Amy, they had to start with those dumbbells and kind of work around that. I mean, they both got to a thousand, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I guess we'll never really know. But Mark and Boone, you know, despite a little bit of cracking towards the right side of the bridge, they actually got up to 1000 pounds. So between Tyler and Amy and Mark and Boone, they could have held, you know, like a small car with those bridges. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was incredibly impressive. And the interesting thing is that we knew that the bottom two would come down to aesthetics, but it turns out that the top two also came down to aesthetics. Yeah, I think that was a great choice. I don't think they'd mentioned what would happen in the case of a tie. They probably weren't expecting any ties. No, I don't think they were. So again, as a reminder, Tyler and Amy, the, you know, they felt like they're bridge was magical with all the butterflies and kind of that quaint appearance. And then Mark and Boone had a bold and, you know, nice lines and color. And those were our top two. Out of these two, who do you think had the most aesthetic, good looking bridge? Yeah, you know, I got to give it to Tyler and Amy. That that stone bridge, you know, there was a lot of cool design on the outside. Uh, the the texture was interesting. And, and actually, the texture played into the structural integrity, too, by locking some of the bricks in place. Yeah, I mean, to your point, if you have to, if it's coming down to the aesthetics, it's nice to give someone those bonus points for having it also help the structure. Yeah. For me, I actually felt like Mark and Boone had the edge there, and it was mostly because of how clean it was. I think that while Tyler and Amy, I think, had the more inventive concept for sure, I think that the way that they used the plates to represent the stonework 
with all the studs exposed was maybe a little simple. Yeah, well, we might have to agree to disagree, but I think you might have some more people on your side. Exactly. So the Brickmasters, Amy and Jamie, decided that Mark and Boone were the winners of this challenge and the winners of the Golden Brick which, like we said, is just a huge advantage in the competition. Yeah, and you know, the rich get richer because I feel like Mark and Boone have won the past three episodes now. Is that correct? Exactly. Last week, they had won their second in a row, which is the first time any team had won even more than one in a row. But now having the three-peat, I mean, that is just amazing momentum going into the second half. Yeah, I think Mark and Boone are definitely the team to beat right now. Yeah, but what goes up must come down sometimes. So if you get too complacent, a little too cocky, we saw what happened with Aaron and Christian once they'd won the golden brick. I think they started to fall off once they felt like they were the front runners by far. Yeah, they literally went down and some things literally did fall off during that one. (laughs) Very true. Very true. But we got a little bit of a singing uh, interlude from Boone again. He sang the song, Choices We Made Were Bold and the Reward Is So Gold. (laughs) I like all of his songs that are almost, almost copyright, but they're just different enough. Exactly. I'm trying to remember what song they were singing earlier during the build phase, but it sounded like another song. And now I'm just kicking myself (laughs) for not remembering. (laughs) Yeah. So, of course, when there's a top two, there sadly has to be a bottom two. We know Mel and Jermaine were already pre-locked into the bottom two because of their rule violation. But the bottom two was also met with Flynn and Richard because they only could hold 45 pounds. And honestly... It was very sad to see both of these teams in the bottom. Both of them went in with some confidence. Obviously, Flynn and Richard had that clean, elegant, minimalist build. And Mel and Jermaine had lots of different concepts to keep it strong, but all those components failed. And the Brickmaster said it didn't really look great. No, it was a little bit of a mess. You could tell that they clearly were not focused on aesthetic. I think he was just so confident that his bridge would be able to hold 600 pounds that they they didn't think that they'd need to worry about it. Yeah. And sadly, that's where it all came down to for the final decision where Mel and Jermaine were the team to go home. Yeah, it was a bummer to see them go. I think that they brought a lot of fun to the show. You know, you know, they'd be always jabbing at, at Aaron and Christian and playful back and forth between them. So it'll be interesting to see what the dynamic is like without them. Yeah, we don't see a lot of the teams interacting during the build phase. They're kind of just heads down working on their builds. And I think that Mel and Jermaine added some of that fun interplay that you know, we're certainly going to miss. Yeah. And the interesting thing that I think about with this challenge is what was the right strategy? We were kind of talking about it during the episode, but I sort of feel like if I didn't feel like I knew the science behind it, like if I was a Flynn and Richard, 25 minutes less than everyone, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't feel confident about my trussing or whatever I was doing. I think what I would have done was just make the most gorgeous bridge that could hold zero pounds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's clearly a strength of these guys. They they can make beautiful builds. Yeah. I mean, what if they had done a fun wooden bridge a la their clockwork man? They've shown that they can do that fun woodsy aesthetic. I think that would have made a gorgeous bridge. Yeah. Maybe they just wanted to play into the spirit of the competition a little more, trying to build a stronger bridge. But I mean, I think that's a great strategy of just make it look as pretty as possible. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, part of me feels like maybe the Brickmasters wouldn't reward you for not being able to hold that much. But I mean, part of me feels like even the prettiest bridge probably could have held close to 45 pounds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of the sad thing is they did focus on structure and they couldn't even get to 50 pounds. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I would have just picked some sort of cool concept like I'm going to make my bridge look like a giant submarine sandwich. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, I'm thinking like, you know, there's like eight foot long sandwiches that you wonder who even buys, but you know that some of the sandwich places make. Instead of having a road layer, I would have a sesame seed bun layer. I would have a lettuce layer, a tomato layer. 
And honestly, I think it would probably still hold together okay. I think you should make that now. <laughs> if only I had access to like the three million bricks that they do in the brick pit. <laughs> right. Now, the other thing too that's interesting is that Sam and Jessica would have been tied with Mel and Jermaine. So we might have had a bottom three instead of a bottom two. Do you think it would have gone the same way if, if they were included in the bottom three? Yeah, I mean, I think you make a fair point. Part of me feels like maybe... Would they have had an aesthetic challenge to make the bottom two? You know, so they would have taken it from three to two and then Hmm. from two to one. I mean, I have to imagine that Sam and Jessica would have still been safe. I mean, they did, you know, not have the prettiest bridge. It didn't look like a bridge, you know, that I'd seen before. But I think that they did focus on their color scheme most first and foremost, so that even if the structure wasn't there, red and black, it was a clean color scheme. Yeah, I think I have to agree. Mel and Jermaine just didn't have the style. Yeah, I think they were just so focused on getting plates and and whatever else they felt like they really needed that it was just this rainbow colored, you know, non, it just didn't seem like they were intentional about the design. And Jermaine almost said to that effect in the build phase, he was basically like, don't worry, our strength's going to be there. We're focusing entirely on strength. Yeah. And, you know, something similar happened last week with the glass building that, you know, they didn't put any focus into because they were so focused on that snowman. So I, I think it has been kind of a weakness for them. So while Mel and Jermaine won't be with us, we still have a lot of excitement coming in this back half of the competition. And next week's episode is all about story related builds. So we see at the start of the episode, or at least the start of this trailer, Will Arnett is reading a, a classic children's book, but it's almost like a Mad Lib. And the kids are filling in the elements, which will subsequently turn into the builds that they have to come up with. Yeah, I think that this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, You know, I've been kind of waiting for them to bring kids into the show in some way, just because, you know, Lego is such a a good brand for kids and and kids love Lego. Yeah, of course. Kids are still Lego's primary demographic. So getting them involved is probably really important, even just to connect with their audience. But I think it's really interesting because this is a lot of just reacting versus planning. You can't decide that you want to build something in this episode. The kids are deciding what you're building. And if you don't honor their story as wacky and as crazy as it's going to end up being, then I think that's going to really come to bite you in the end. Yeah. And I think that some of the teams are probably going to have an advantage. And I really think that uh, Sam and Jessica are going to have an advantage next week. I think that the imagination that they bring to a lot of their builds really matches you know, a kid's imagination. Yeah, I think you make a very fair point, you know, especially going back to their build from last week, that storybook, you know, tower that they came up with. It was all about fairy tales and creating that really immersive story like atmosphere. And I think that that's going to lend really well into this next challenge, especially because they got to practice it. Yeah. And I mean, at the same time, I'm also a little worried about um, Aaron and Christian, because I, I think that in some of the challenges they've lacked a little bit of imagination they they're very good builders but it's a lot of it's a lot of like the cityscapes and like the windmill so it'll be really interesting to see how they tackle you know the mind of a child yeah it'll be interesting exactly how the challenge plays out but i do feel like they won't be totally out of the loop because if we think back to their cut in half challenge they had that amazing underwater landscape the kraken with the motion and i think that they can clearly build some immersive landscapes with their Atlantean Atlantis kind of build that they had as part of that. That being said, the movie genre was not a great episode for them. Having that romantic theme, even though they took it in a castle direction, they just never sealed the deal there. Yeah. And I mean, he already kind of used one of his strengths with that dragon. So, I mean, that's kind of off the table if these kids want to bring that up. Yeah. I mean, and even if they do give him another dragon, he'll have to make it so different than the last one that it still counts. Yeah, yeah. 
you don't want to copy yourself. Yes. And we've heard some other teams get called out for copying. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, going into next week and really the rest of the competition, who are you rooting for? You know, whether it's someone you just really like and would like to see go far or who you think is going to win. Either one works for me. You know, I think I'm really rooting for Tyler and Amy right now. Um, I've really loved some of their past builds. The, The cat monster bursting out of the floor, you know, stood out to me. I think that they've got great imagination and yeah, I really hope that they win the whole thing. Yeah. Tyler and Amy have certainly been a fan favorite for us on the podcast. I think that they really bring a lot of that just really, really competent building with all of their fun characters and just amazing kind of cartoon-like aesthetic. You know, I think back to the fridge, it was a simple idea, but it had every little detail in this great cartoony way. I can't wait to see how they apply that to this next episode. Yeah, I think that they're really going to excel next week. And, you know, Lego, if you're listening, I'd buy a super baby build. Oh my gosh. I mean, clearly Tyler has the chops and he can make those fun characters. So, I mean, Tyler and Amy is always going to be one I'm rooting for, but just to be different, I'm going to root for Mark and Boone. I think that storytelling has always been at the forefront of their builds. I think back to last week with the fun hot dog monsters and the week before the movie genre week with the the shark monster and even back to the original first challenge. Timbertown was such an immersive concept. I think that they really have what it takes to take them very far and certainly at least to do well in the next episode. Yeah, and they've still got that golden brick in their pocket now, too. So If they decide to use that, you know, they're safe from elimination. Yeah, I think that it'll be an interesting way to see how that comes into play or even if it comes into play at all. You know, there's a there's a version of it where they feel safe every time and they never play it and they just get to take that gorgeous chrome brick home. (laughs) Yeah. Or they never play it and they get eliminated. Yeah, I guess that's the kind of the, the risk you play when you hold your cards a little close to the chest. Yeah, definitely. Perfect. Well, this was a super fun episode with all these crazy bridges. And we're just so appreciative to have you on the podcast, Kevin. So thank you so much. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. You know, Lego's great and I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Well, perfect. Well, and who knows, we may have Kevin back for another episode this season. So definitely let us know if you want to see Kevin back. But we're just so appreciative. So thanks again. Hey, glad to be here. Well, another great episode of Talk Bricks Masters in the Books. And if you want to keep up with what we're doing on the podcast, be sure to subscribe. And be sure to leave me a rating or review on iTunes or whatever service you're listening to this podcast on now, as it really helps others find the podcast. If you want to hear more from me and check out my weekly Lego news videos, you can follow me at youtube.com slash talk bricks. And if you want to keep up with me on social media, I'm at talk bricks on all social media. And if you want to follow along with a podcast, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at TalkBricksMasters or on Twitter using the username TBMasters. Thanks again so much for listening and I'll talk to you all next week. 